What's going on, people? I'm back. You know what that means? It's another episode of me, myself, and basketball. The podcast brought to you by NBA UK fans, by the fans, for the fans. Uh, welcome, listeners, new and old. On, the, on this podcast, we interview a, a special guest from you know the, the the UK fans of the NBA. We talk about their journey in basketball, you know how they became a fan, what they love about the game, etc., etc. Today's guest, I'm very excited for today's guest, right? Um, I mean, I'm, I'm excited for all the guests that we've had, right? It's a big up to them. But today's guest, it's, it's uh, I mean, okay, if you're of my age, right, if you're in, in your 30s, if you grew up watching basketball in your late teens, or even mid-teens as I did, you know, late on Channel 4, you know, just just just, just after the, uh, the the erotic movies on Channel 5, you know, switch over after you finish, you know, all 30 seconds, you head, head over to Channel 4, and um, you, you, this guy, I, I remember his, his voice, uh, you know, this... He as a person is just like a, a staple of my basketball watching growing up. What I'm gonna say is Mark Webster, and straight away you should have flashbacks. You know what I'm talking about. <laughs> so, Mark Webster, hello and welcome to the podcast, bro. Hi, uh, Nathan. Thank you very much. Right at the very top there, you said listeners new and old, and I suddenly felt included within the conversation. That was kind of you being <laughs> being of the old variety, and it's a it's 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 a weird life for me because I, I, I sometimes I'll catch someone staring at me wistfully with a lingering look of love in their eyes and it's, and it's some fella who's 25 years younger than me I'm thinking I don't think I was in the same club as him I can't have been at any particular point till we go somewhere together and of course it's, it's some poor soul who basically did what you just said? You spent many, too many hours staring into, the, into their screens late at night yeah, to man. get their basketball fix. Exactly. You know what? I don't, I don't think I've ever mentioned this to you because like, basically we met about ten or so years ago when we were staying in touch. Yeah. Right? When I first, when we first met, I didn't say it to you. I don't think I've ever said it. But um, we were doing a one three four TV show, and I remember getting to the uh, the studio and seeing you and. Like on the outside, I was like, "Hey, how you doing? My name's Nathan." But on the inside, I was like, "That's the guy from basketball. That's the guy from basketball. Oh my gosh, that's the guy from basketball." <laughs> yeah. No, you didn't do that. No, that's <laughs> yes. You, or you, you didn't exude that either. You would call this itself in that case. Yeah, mate, mate, that's that, that's the, the art of being a stand-up comedian. You don't show your true feelings. Um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I've kept it cool. But on the inside, I was like, "Yo, that's the guy from basketball." Yeah, yeah, man. And we've, we've stayed in touch ever since, which has been it's been great. Yes. You know? So th- thank you for coming on the podcast, man. I, I really do Absolutely, my pleasure. I was going to ask you, because we've spoke about many spoke many times about basketball, and we always end up talking about like the Raptors, because I'm a Raptors fan, but we've never spoke about like your team until just before the podcast. So, like, I mean, okay, first of all, for people who may not know, or to, for the, to the younger viewers, can you explain who you are in the basketball world? Seems reasonable. Where I got lucky was, is I was, um, I started out as a music journalist on a magazine called Blues and Soul. Mm-hmm. And there, there came a time when sports channels were looking for non-sports people to bring a different angle to the coverage of their sport. And I, I worked on a kind of cable sports channel much more football orientated, that kind of stuff. And it was that whole rock and roll football idea. But what happened is it was the same company pitched for and got um, the commission to make three seasons of NBA for Channel 4. Okay. And it started out by the fact that I kind of knew the sport via the music. 
um, because there's, you know, quite obviously there's a strong connection between Black American music and the sport of NBA. Yeah. And the two worlds collided. But of course, up until the point when uh, I started working on it in the mid '90s, and the very first thing we did was used the Rockets playing in a four-team series down at the old London Arena on Docklands, and I okay. I presented that I presented that live with Ian Wright, and that, as a result of me doing that. They said, would you fancy moving to America with us for, for pretty much three years? And I said, I'll, I'll, I'll give it a go. But <laughs> the weird, up until that point, you really didn't have access to the sport. Mm. And I think this is the big deal about where I got lucky to be involved, is that that was the floodgates opening. Up until that point, you kind of got trickles of the NBA. Yeah. And it, But but from that from that point forward, I think, so we aren't really talking, was it mid-90s? So it's 20-odd years. It's, it, we've had 20-odd years of it now in reality, haven't we? In the way that the NFL, were, how far advanced would you say that was? Probably 10 years in front of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, so, so I arrived at the sport with, without that kind of real rabid fandom, but absolutely an appreciation of the sport and, of course, the cultural side of it as well, which is very much part of the way that we like to cover the, cover the game anyway. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, because yeah, I mean, the, the culture—you can't really separate the culture from the NBA. No. So it's kind of like it's all beautifully intertwined and mixed together. Exactly. So, were you were you into basketball before you got the gig? Yeah, how, I got. How, how did you get into basketball then? Well, well, here you go. Tiny little things. I got to go to the Arlen Globetrotters with my school. Good ah, start. Okay. Played a tiny bit at school. Then we also had the the years of the British League with Alton Bird and Crystal Palace and that kind of stuff. So that was so we had an English game for a while. No one would remember that. There's a, obviously the good news is there's domestic league now, but yeah. they had to go back then, and there was a certain high profile to that. And then what happens is we started to hear about and see snippets of Magic Johnson, the show, and, and the Lakers. Yeah. Okay. And and and. and in reality, there wasn't a kind of one great moment when the sport became accessible to you because, as I say, it didn't exist. I mean, this is even to the point of, like, getting America, the Los Angeles newspapers because there was no internet on which to watch it. Oh, so, yeah. So you put... You, I was I basically jigsawed together knowledge and interest in it. And then, of course, oh. uh, then you get a... Bar, then I went to Barcelona for Kiss FM, funny enough, when I was working on Kiss FM and... Mm-hmm. Obviously, the dream team were there, and oh, yeah. I, I think I think that I think for a lot of people, that would have been a real gateway moment. Is the fact that you're seeing these superstars whose names you'd heard a lot of, yeah, probably hadn't seen much of, but now there they were, and there's Michael Jordan winning a gold medal, you know. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I remember uh, watching the dream team and. Some of the players of the other teams were like taking pictures. It's like, focus me. What are you playing them? <laughs> yeah, so, well, as, they, as when they're chasing him down court, he's taking snaps. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hey, Jordan, can you do that, uh, that dunk again, please? <laughs> That's right, exactly. That was really good. I know you could do it again, couldn't you? Yeah. <laughs> okay, so Harlem Globetrotters, uh, cool. Which, actually, uh, I, me, my brother and I went to see a few years ago, and we were the oldest ones there. It was all for kids. We were like, this, really? It, it, was, it was fun. But people were looking at us like, uh, "Don't trust these two guys. Who are they?" <laughs> <laughs> so you said you said you played, right? Uh, how, how old were you when, when you were playing? 
I was it was secondary school and it was it is such a token gesture. I mean, I I I got to play for my school in one game and I and, and all the other boys were a year over. So okay. I I had something. It, it, listen, I, for me to start laying claim to any form of athletic, athletic prowess is is folly on my part, mate. <laughs> I am genuinely bad at everything. I, I was a half decent table tennis player, okay. but I. I'm a lefty, and it, it it transpires that I don't have a bad stroke. So you know, I could shoot the ball pretty well. Then and and, and the rest of it was a lot of running around uh, a yard behind play. That was kind of <laughs> it's kind of it's kind of what I did. Not least of which is no one really knew the rules. So oh, so right. it, it was it was it was pretty much like eight year old eight year olds playing football. You know, all chasing one ball. But yeah. we were fourteen year olds doing the same thing on a basketball court. <laughs> A lot of double dribbles. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Whatever, whatever that is. <laughs> but when you were playing, were there any, any, any time with any kind of aspirations, you know, to take this further, play at a you know high level? Do you know, now there's the problem. You see, is that it, it was a fun sport at that stage, but it had, no, it wasn't kind of like there was a. It's, there's no pyramid. There wasn't mm. like you know, you, oh, you, if you go from school level and there's and there's county trials and and oh, they've got a scout from that local team. That there was no infrastructure to it. I mean, it, obviously the sport existed, but it was pockets, wasn't it? And it, it, you know, and this is a long time ago, mate. This is this um this is the seventies I'm talking mm. about now. So in reality, it was pretty much just it was just above the level of hobby. And if you had a games teacher who had a vague interest in in including it in his curriculum, <laughs> okay. So that was my personal experience. But of course, you know, as I say, you know, luckily, not much after that. You know, as a teenager, I did get to watch prof- the professional version of it because because of that attempt to get a league going. And what was the? Do you remember the game? That first game, that professional game you got to watch? Oh, no, I, it, it was Crystal Palace versus somebody. Because he's okay. good old old bird. It's always he's like he's, he was the poster boy for it. Um, no, t- t- Mr. Time. Sorry, mate. Mr. Time. <laughs> no worries at all, man. So, so yeah. you've got that basketball experience. You've got that basketball knowledge, and that is what you know helped you get the the big break. You know, to to go over to the states. Did you go to the states? Did you present a game here first? Uh, no, that we we moved out to live in Hoboken, New Jersey um, in January, I suppose it was 96. Okay. And so we basically, what we did is we picked it up from the All-Star break. So we we got out there for a couple of three weeks prior to All-Star, got some prepping, got ourselves moved in. I lived five minutes from where Frank Sinatra was born. Nice. Which is big, which is big. Yes, and I have stared at his house. Of course, I have. <laughs> many times, but it was and and so that was kind of my experience for three solid years. You, you go out in January and then make your way home again in July. What what was it like the first time you went there? The first three months. Well, quite literally, the first time we went there was in a snowstorm, and when we woke up in the morning, the snow had piled up higher than the front door. So that was the interesting wow. start. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so that so that was good. Um, it was extraordinary because. Because we, we were given access to, because the NBA wanted to try and sell the sport to us, mm-hmm. we asked for certain things that 
that the American broadcasters didn't get the chance to do, which is like, for example, standing on court to do our little sort of links and bits and pieces while the players were in warm-up and okay. grabbing and being there and sort of doing the same thing again at half-time. And we spent most of the first part of our time out there being told by um, security people in, in blue blazers that we can't go there and then explain that, but, but luckily we can. And what you get with the, an organisation like the NBA, like you get with so many American sports, is they are staffed up to the neck mm. by these young, enthusiastic college graduates with polo shirts and their names on <laughs> laminates and, and chinos. And we'd have one assigned to us who basically said, yeah, I know this isn't meant to happen, but they're allowed to. And that was kind of how... Nice. our, our, our and, and the other big thing that happened, and this was kind of something that I had to learn, I'd learned on the hoof, really, is that they didn't want interviews, the interviews that you conventionally see um, of someone's face and 400 microphones thrust at it, yeah. they didn't want those because you could you could get those off a news feed, you know, you could borrow, borrow from anywhere. So we wanted our own unique content. So I had to develop this skill of, and what I did a lot of, you, you kind of use a local cameraman, local uh, like a camera crew, and they're used to, but they're news people, and they're used to sort of like bouldering in. We'd use these local news crews, and, and they just basically just blunder in there to get the 12 seconds of interview that they needed. Yeah. Whereas what I would do, say, look, you wait here. I'm going to go around and say hello to everybody so they can hear my accent. So that later on, I know it's, 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 dirty, it's dirty Paul I was playing. So they go, he's weird. Why is it, you know, he doesn't look or sound like anybody that normally comes to these things. So you kind of got, you get a curious look from a player. And then then in the situations after the game, when you're in the locker room trying to get interviews, what I would basically do is I would let the, most of the interview happen and I'd sidle in next to the, to the fella and sit next to him. So now I've, I've ruined the shot for all the other camera crews because I'm, I'm in it. And I've, and I've stick our microphone under his face and I ask him direct questions. And so voila, there it is. We've got our exclusive interview. And, and that got on a lot of people's nerves. That was fun. <laughs> it got on people's nerves, but you got the job done, mate. We got the job done. That was the important thing. Oh, wicked! I mean, I, I can imagine because they, they must be thinking like, uh, why, why, why do you sound like that? <laughs> Where <are you> yeah. <laughs> well, Australia, obviously. Shaq, <laughs> Shaq would shout out across a crowded room, "Hey, Aussie!" Which would, <laughs> which I, I knew it actually entertained him. You know, that was the point of it. I, I, I know he knew where I was from because we got lucky enough to do, uh, like, we was in his house in Los Angeles, his apartment. So, like, for a couple of hours once to do a sort of one-on-one -on -one interview. And, and and he had two decks and a mixer set up. He had a whole DJ rig in his in his front room. Um, and of course, because Shaq. Naturally, yeah. Well, it, was, it was right next to the kitchen where his chef was making dinner. <laughs> <laughs> and, and he was doing... And he was basically messing about on the decks when we turned up. And so I did what I did a lot of which was try and prove, I get to try and prove my worth with these people, not by impressing them with my knowledge of their stats, mm. but by saying, oh, have you got that record by him? That's okay. brilliant. You should track it down. That kind of, so basically, again, that was my other trick, was I was to kind of say, I'm not going to come here and just ask you all the questions that 100 people have just asked you. Yeah. I'm, I'm coming at you from another angle, and 
and we I'm gonna have to come up you with the stuff I know. <laughs> so so we find the mutual territory there, and, and again that was that was such great fun. Mate, it's, oh mate, it sounds amazing. I mean, so who who were the players who you were you were getting access to then? I mean, you said Shaka already. Who who was like the the, the most essential or the, the the best guy to chat to? Well, the most eccentric was easily Charles Barkley, okay. um, who would play with you about doing interviews and not doing interviews. And then I, and then another time, I'm, I, and, you know, we ignore you, pretend he didn't know you were the next time you saw him. And then I'm, I could rec- stood interview one of his teammates at one point and, and his, his towel landed on my head, which he chucked at me. <laughs> and so he's a, he was a mischief maker. I sat next to and talked to Kobe a couple of times, which was great because he, he, he was such a unique man, uh, mm. and not least of which, particularly in the league, you know, you've got this rare, brilliant young talent. But yeah. because of his European connections with his time in Italy, mm. he kind of had, there was a lot of mutual language. You know, yeah. he kind of knew about, you know, even simple things like the, 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 the variation in fashion. He kind of understand the European look as opposed to, Got the American fashion look, and then you have music, and you could talk football and those kind of things. But yeah. of course, the the guy we we spent most of our time with, with, with because basically, um, you, we went to his agent, and he did a deal. Is Dennis Rodman? Who oh wow! Is an, an incredible person to be in the company of because he is as interesting and strange and nice and weird and scary. As you think he is. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was, I was going to ask that's you. Who, that's who he is, is. Is he as, you know, colourful off-court as as he is, like, as you see him? Is is he is what you see what you get with Dennis Rodman? It's it's a strange... Because, he, because he's got so much physical presence, including, you know, the way he looks, the height he is, but then you chuck in the various hair colours and the away-from-basketball clobber, you'd think he'd be a bit more extrovert. Okay. But he's extraordinarily quiet and moves slowly but gracefully. This And basically, his whole face and his whole body language is, uh, I'm just doing it the way I want to. Yeah, it's, yeah. It, and so I obviously I, I weren't gambling with him in Las Vegas for forty-seven <laughs> rum and cokes in, so I never saw that version of him. But of course, that version of him also did exist. But that I, I, I was one time we, he, he picked me up. We were going to go and do the interviews after training in Chicago, and again, just one of these little things I remember is that we get in his truck and he, and the music's playing. And uh, it's Pearl Jam, and I can't even see me. I sort of like, sort of mind the screw my nose up a bit, you know. I, I didn't realise I was doing it. And he said, you don't like it? I said, no, it's not going to be my thing, you know. Um, he said, well, that's, you know, and so I start talking about James Brown. He said, ah, oh, that's, that's the music I listened to when I was a kid. And it's, oh, and, and it's okay. really interesting, because, of course, you, this man's had such an interesting upbringing, isn't he? You know, everything, there's nothing about him that's not interesting. But, but the best bit of all... A fantastic basketball player, yeah, yeah, an yeah. utter yeah. competitor, mm. and some and someone who, who who took himself to the top of the sport with a lot less, let's use the word talent, than yeah. other guys who did a lot less in the game. Sure, mm-hmm. yeah, I totally get what you mean. Yeah, so during your time in the states, like, was there? You said you had, you had like Shaq with, with a massive. 
DJ Dex by his kitchen. Was it ever a moment, or what, what was what was the like the I don't know most like out of body experience moment? Like, was it ever a moment when he kind of just like caught yourself looking around, going, "I'm from the east end of London. What, what the hell am I doing yeah. here?" That did, that was a kind of that become a regular occurrence. I, do you know what? Of course, in, in, you know the, what makes the worst thing about this is, and I've done not disappear too far up my own backside on it. But of course, when you've done it for a relatively long time, you do get blasé about it. But the, mm. the, the pinch yourself, you must be dreaming moment is when yeah. you are, as you're allowed to be, in a in the locker room after a game. Okay. Sitting yeah. with, sitting next to, standing with these enormous men who have just been on the court doing their thing. Mm. And more often than not, stark naked. There was this all, it's a kind of all bets are off thing. So it's a complete, it was a, it was a mixed media. Um, but there's just this kind of weird moment where, um, there was one, one, uh, and you know, I'm going to, I'm going to take a wild guess that it was in Utah. It's Salt Lake City. Okay. It's the, the one place where there's like a, a member of the staff is on the door who will shout out, lady in the locker room. And so they put a towel on. <laughs> <laughs> so, so that, if you want to take this to its grossest level, standing in the locker room after seeing these players play in the position to talk to them whilst everything's hanging out. There you go. That's about <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Strikes me as being now. I've never really thought about it like that, but that would have to be that moment, wouldn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Hold on. When this uh, particular guy screamed out, laid in the locker room, wasn't there at least like one player who's like, Who's having none of it? Exactly, exactly. <laughs> let, let it hang, brother. <laughs> exactly. It was it was absolutely look, this is this is more a suggestion. It's, it's the, it's, it was face masks, wasn't it? It's a, this is not a rule, it's a suggestion, and we believe that you'll you'll treat the moment responsibly. Well, some people didn't put their face masks on. <laughs> uh, and I ain't naming names or going into detail, and that's it for that one. Cool, man. What was the best place that you visited? Well, my favourite place to my favourite place to go initially was was Miami as as a city because I found things to do, okay. and they and and because they they put us in a hotel out in this Key Biscayne, which is sort of just outside of the city, and mm. I wandered around my own one night and I found a bar called Tobacco Road, which had okay. on its wall it was. It, Number one, the first license issued for a legal bar in Miami, and it was okay. that was number one, um, and so that, that sort of that became a little bit of a, a bolt hole for me. And mm-hmm. I, I used to enjoy going there. Strangely enough, where I loved is where we lived in Hoboken. It was a brilliant little town to live in, okay. um, because it, it's it's right on the it's, it's right on the river. It's you get the thing called the path. And you're one stop and you're into Christmas Street, so you're in the village. So, strangely enough, I obviously because you get those where you say, Oh, no, I've got to get on a plane to. I, similar, I, I guess I'll go the other way. The, the two places that I got so fed up of going to mm. were San Antonio, 
and okay. Salt Lake Salt Lake City. Because oh, yeah. Salt Lake City is somewhat in the grip of um, a relatively strong religious culture. Okay, cool. And, and San Antonio is uh, basically a sprawling desert town with one thing, which is called the Riverwalk, which is like you're spending all of your entertainment hours on a, on a ride in a, in a in sort of like Gold Park. Or it's, everything's kind of like fake. Okay. And it, it, it was it it, it it wasn't but they were my least two favourite visits. Plus also because the Spurs were doing so well, we went there a lot. Okay. Because they were fundamentally the second best team really during that whole period. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I hear that. So so I, I don't over recommend those two places <laughs> if you're looking to spend a week sort of like <laughs> sort of hanging out. Okay, in terms of in terms of like basketball venues, what's the, what was the best venue that you guys that, that, that you went to? Oh, the Forum, because that was they were still playing basketball in Inglewood in those days, and it was it's it's, it's just because I mean Madison Square Garden, it, it, I, I think clearly is uh, Mecca, isn't it? One of the, the one of the, it's the is up there greatest sporting arenas. Mm. You know, I'm I'm in the I'm not only in the I'm not only in a building where I've walked in up there's elephants underneath the main floor because they have the circus there, but I'm then I'm then up a floor where I've, I've seen Stevie Wonder and George Benson perform, and you know I'm on the same floor where Arlie and Fraser bought the pipe of the century. Okay. You know? yeah, so yeah. so it was a building steeped, in, and the, the thing about that because it looked like nothing from outside, it's dull as ditch water from outside. Whereas if you the, the, the old forum, go to Los Angeles, it was. It's striking, you know. It was there. It was, and you said like, "Come and come and see the best." It absolutely looked like a home for that as well. So I, I think that the, the old forum was probably my favourite, and also because they were great because they were always the lunchtime game, the Lakers games. Okay. It must be because how it fitted for American broadcasting. So on a Sunday, you, so Sunday lunchtimes, and and everyone turned up, and, and everyone's booted and suited at the forum as well. I'm assuming because they all wanted, they're all going on summer afterwards. Acres are all going on summer afterwards, and all because sort of, they're all stupidly rich who can afford to have tickets <laughs> to go to the basketball. Okay, so cool. of course, so and, and also the nutty part of it as well is because because they live in California, where basically you go well, you only need three t-shirts and two pairs of shorts to live yeah. in this part of the world. Mm. But because they must get bored doing it, I just people fellas turning up in sports jackets and polo neck jumpers. Because you can't, they didn't want to look like they're going to the beach all the time. So, but it overdressed for the weather. And they walk out into 95 degrees. I just, I, I could never understand. I, I thought I, I couldn't understand. I said, it's because you can't live your whole life in a t shirt. Yeah. yeah. And so it was, it was, so that was always, you know, obviously Jack Nicholson's always there. So you kind of, so you're always reminded that you're in kind of elite company. Oh, yeah. Did you ever get to interview like any of the non-basketball stars? I got at a few good ones. I top my head. Best one I did was Bill Murray. Was okay. the most oh, yeah. was He's the most fan. Of it. Yeah, yeah. In Chicago, mm. and and so he was there. And again, this was another weird thing. Is there's a Adam Sandler I did like in this particular way. I think Billy Crystal. Is that what we would? Do. I basically would kind of sneak up and say, 
hello, I'm from England. Will you talk to me for 90 seconds? Um, and whereas they rarely get approached because they don't want to be approached. I, Nicholson, I didn't do. But Bill Murray said, come on. And I sat next to him. And then it was the best five, six minutes of fun of that nature because wow. I asked the first question and he kind of, he looked a bit sad and sighed and he, and then went into this whole thing about how basketball let him down because that was his future and, and, and all he ever was going to be was a great basketball player, but circumstances didn't. And, and so I thought, okay, this is what we're doing. And I was saying, well, yeah, Bill, I, I understand. It's, it strikes me having seen your game that, that, that you're completely suited to the way that um, the modern game's played and you'd fit into this shit. He said, exactly. I would fit into this. I'd fit into Phil Jackson's, you know, philosophy. And so we basically had a five, I did a five-minute interview of pretending that Bill Murray was the, the one that got away in the NBA. <laughs> the sixth man. Exactly. And, and the great thing, and when we finished, I like, thanks very much. And he basically went to me and said, well done. Because I went with it, you know, because it was yeah. fun to do so. Yeah, I was, you know, I thought, of course I could try and make him say how good Michael Jordan is, but I think we all know that. So why don't I just play this game with him? It's, it's, that is great fun. That's oh, great fun. Oh, wow. Well, okay, okay. I think it's fair to say uh, for Bill Murray, it, it worked out in the end. <laughs> yeah, he, yeah, yeah, you know, he, he, covered, he covered his losses quite well, didn't he? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um... What what would you say was the most memorable game that you covered? Uh, simple, it was uh, that was in Salt Lake City, and that was the game after Jordan had um, food poisoning. Oh, okay. And, and so it was. It's the game that took the series back to Chicago, so the Bulls could win it. Mm-hmm. It's the game in which he. It, which he gets at the end, it's still tired, and he gets free throws, and he misses his second free, free throw, gets the rebound, dribbles out, and hits a three. Okay. And so you know, just standard Superman stuff. But what I remember vividly, I'm sat with my pal that who who was my partner throughout, Stu Jackson, um, and we were sitting there aghast at what we're seeing because we found ourselves being drawn to just watching him because he was the kind of his complexion had gone sort of grey green. He was he was yeah. so ill. All yeah. the you know, all the blood had drained out of him. He, he he was he was sweating you know that kind of sweat that is not from exercise but from the fact that you're actually having the vapors, you know, he had yeah. that horrible sheen on him. He he, he could barely run and so it, what you do is he is a little bit of exertion and then and then he basically got his hands on his knees, grabbing the bottom of his shorts, trying to take air in, and grabbing all the, as little as, as many breathers as he possibly could. And you just look at this, but how is he even standing up? Hmm. How's he, how is he in this room? And then, he, then he's the bloke who wins them the game. So yeah. it was... It, you, you, I've, never seen, I've never seen anything like it. It was just one of those... It, 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 it's a team sport. Hmm. But by God, if anyone could stand out from the team, it would be that fellow, wouldn't it? Yeah. I mean, when uh, during that game, like, could could you feel it in the crowd? I would have with a crowd looking at Jordan, like, how? I mean, thank you, but how? Yeah, well, it's a good point because this. So, they're, so you're in Salt Lake, and they're and they're vicious. 
Mm-hmm. That, that, the, the, the jazz bands are, are horrible mm-hmm. um, and and nasty, and they got and and, and, and some with a really nasty streak in them as well, and uh, it, and it got a bit tasty at times. Mm. Unfortunately, I don't, I won't go into any more detail, but I think you get the gist of what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and so it made, and, and so it made, it was a, it kind of, t- it's a toxic atmosphere anyway. If you kind of, which let's be brutally honest, I was rooting for the away team <laughs> yeah. because, uh, you know, I, 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 we kind of haven't talked about this yet, but the, 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 clearly for three years. My favourite basketball team was Chicago Bulls because I I was I was there for the three years in which Jordan came back and, and won the titles mm, mm. and uh, and 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 that means just go show I'm not an idiot <laughs> I, you know I I'm watching one of the greatest sports teams of all sports in all of history yeah so they so they were my team for three years okay cool 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 man um. I think I was going to ask you. Um... Which I, I, I was, I was going to say, actually, I don't know if you was going to ask anyway, but I'll, I'll kind of put it, I'll, I'll mention it here, is that possibly the question I get asked most by, by you know, by my hordes of adoring 35-plus uh, now fans, <laughs> <laughs> for, former teenagers, uh, is, who, is uh, who's your team? Mm-hmm. And that's the, that's the thing. I haven't got one. And that's not for the one to try it. I found that I you know I support West Ham, yeah, and I support West Ham because to a certain extent I was born doing it, and <laughs> I struggled ever since that to kind of adopt other sports teams, mm-hmm. and so I so I lived in New York, so I thought, am I the Knicks? But I couldn't get emotionally invested in any team. I thought I'd pick a random one. Oh, I watched I watched the Showtime Lakers. I should I should I should. I should go with them. Sort of, but kind of didn't. And in the end, I did. I, I gave up bothering to try, except I did get just got so involved with how great Chicago were yeah. and continue to be for those three years that we covered them. Yeah, well, I said you, you, you picked a good time. Um. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I, I, I backed the right horse, didn't I? <laughs> yeah, man. Jordan was. Okay, but apart from Jordan, who, who else? Like, obviously you had Pippin, you had Rodman, um, you had Kerr. Uh, yes, we had good. I mean, we had really good relations. I mean, what we managed to do was was build relationships with uh, quite well with guys like Luke Longley, mm-hmm. and so basically the the role players. Oh, and John Sally, uh, who became. We, we kind of got quite friendly after all because John Sally was, of course, one of these veterans that he come across from Detroit. He was used in the same way that, that Rodman was. Mm-hmm. Genuine role player, but kind of someone from sort of like just the previous generation of the NBA where you weren't guaranteed um, to be a rich man till you die with your first contract. Okay. There's a lot of guys obviously had to work for an entire career and then go and work again yeah. for a career. Mm-hmm. And, and and John Sally was one of those, and he was he was such a nice fella for it, I think, because we would talk about you know he was he, he chatted to me about his underpants business. <laughs> um, he had he was uh, at one point he was he had a recording stu- a record label on the go, and he was recording Jermaine Stewart in a recording studio in Chicago. Um, he had a pal that was um, 
in the how can I put this discreetly? Who was in the um, elite cigar business? Okay, that, I and, hear you. <laughs> and cigar, cigars that aren't generally available <laughs> through regular channels. Okay, yeah, cool. Uh, which, or if you put it one way, man leaves with empty suitcase, man returns with full suitcase. <laughs> yes, okay. And, 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 and but he was great, and it was because that was. It's interesting about that is that he's a guy who is from that period before we had that kind of access to it. So you kind of think about it. That if you go back to that kind of that Detroit team that was dominant prior to Chicago. Yeah. That was a that might have been an entry point for a lot of people. It went kind of Lakers Detroit to them, didn't it? You know, you could go all the way back and you could talk about, you know, uh, I don't know, you know, Boston, I, I, you know, you go back, to, you go back to your Larry Bird, yeah. you can try and go back as far as Doctor J yeah. and and you know and, and and a successful Knicks team if you've got that good a memory. But um, <laughs> that Detroit still had that they were like the last of the old day, olden days. Yeah. Whereas. The Lakers were that they were the fresh new face, and then and then as, and then obviously Chicago becomes the worldwide brand of basketball, mm-hmm, doesn't mm-hmm. it? Yeah, yeah. Like, the Bulls were like the, the the graceful elegance, where the Detroit were like roll the sleeves up, let's let's, let's yeah. get them, let's get them. Seemed to make perfect sense for the town it came from, didn't it? As well, <laughs> absolutely, absolutely logical. <laughs> um, so, in all your time, how how long did you cover the NBA for? Uh, for well, we did three years for Channel Four, and then um, four, five, past five seasons on Channel Five. Yeah, okay. So funny, and it's kind of weird because I, I, sometimes I end up forgetting that. You know, basically that was me bowling up to the Grays Inn Road where the ITN studios mm-hmm. were um, at, at, at one o'clock in the morning because we would often be covering two live games a week. Oh yeah. So funny enough, we probably provided as much if not more basketball via Channel 5 deal than we did on Channel 4. Um, you know, live games through the night. Is, people can't people can't forget that. that it's, or to a certain extent, I think people assume it was all the one thing. But Channel 5 were pioneering in that sense. If you if you think you've got a live games in your head, mm. the odds are that's because you watch them on Channel 5. Okay, yeah. Which, which we did from London. Okay. All right, cool, man. So, at Channel Five, did you get to go out there, or was it all, all based in London? No, it was it was all based here, and and to the point where um, I was required because the, just in case things went wrong, because I was because because I'm you know the, Mr. Host, mm-hmm. I got to have I got the joy of being able to stay back while everybody else went to New Orleans for the All Star Game. Oh. Never got no one's never got to New Orleans. It's it's where I want to go. It's where I need to go. You know, top of, top of your bucket list and all that stuff. And they said, well, now we'll, we'll just send all these gadabouts who can, who can just knock about and pick up a couple of interviews while you sit there like an idiot at three o'clock in the morning, <laughs> making just in case things go wrong. <laughs> oh, thanks. Thank you very much. Um, yeah, the words short and straw come to mind. He's <laughs> <laughs> exactly right. Do you know, mate, if I wasn't so damn good at my job, <laughs> I could have had a free trip to New Orleans. <laughs> It's, 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 the, it's the curse of the greats. <laughs> we all get it. <laughs> oh, um, yeah. Oh, man. Especially during that, that party time. And, oh, mate. Mm-hmm. Oh, I know. It was because it was all-star. That's exactly what it was. It was just a massive, massive party. Yeah. So, uh, oh, well. Oh, well. I can't. I, 
listen, I can't complain, can I? Let's be yeah, honest. I mean, you, you still covered. I've done all right. Exactly, <laughs> mate. Come on now. <laughs> I think I've, I've, I had yeah. a snippet of what you had, mate. Trust me. Yeah, exactly. That's right. I feel really bad now that I've griped about Salis O'Trivial, but there you go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've seen MJ play, but it's just New Orleans. I want anyone to go to for Mardi Gras. Yeah, well, yeah, well, a free trip to New Orleans, I'll get, I'll get drunk watching some jazz. <laughs> you know, that was it's, it's my entire motivation. Yeah. So, in all your time then, covering basketball, uh, have you got your hands on like any any cool merchandise, any any memorabilia that you can tell us about? Funny enough, I just looked at it now because I thought, I wonder, I haven't seen, I have, and this is, this is the Channel 5 left over, is that we had big canvas slides, as they are, sort of like screens that we could set up to, to dress the studio up. And I've got, mm -hmm. it's probably 12 foot by 10 foot wow. Kobe Bryant on canvas, <gasps> uh, sort of photographic nice. representation, uh, which when we finished, I said, I'll be removing that before. <laughs> and, and, and I quite literally went went with the the, the boys who's, who's the scene shifters out the back of Channel Five, and as they're set, setting it everything away to to do with what they will, possibly throw it all away. I'm removing wow. this from its big from its big frame, tucking it <laughs> under my arm, and walking off into the sunset. I was that was coming home with me, mate. That was going go to the tube station. Excuse me. Yeah, excuse exactly. Me. That's right. You'll be moving aside. I had I had precious cargo. With me, <laughs> I've got lots of little bits and pieces. I've got uh, one of my favorite things is that it's got NBA um, folders where all the stuff was made in basketball material. So these NBA folders made out of basketball, sort of like you know the the, the color and they're going sporting next season, aren't they? That's old fashioned mm. sporting balls. That should be good. Look out for those. Um, I've got I've got a few bits of notes that I've kept over over the years. Nice picture of me and Shaq in his flat. Which uh, I, I did. I didn't do any of that actually. I never asked. I, I didn't spend my time saying, "Please, can I have a photograph with you?" But on this occasion, you know, I'd be a mug not to, wouldn't I? Yeah, but, exactly. But I tell you what, Scoop, Scoop and I would sit there in the locker room at times, saying, "Should we?" Mm -hmm. And then, oh, geez, we can't <laughs> if we get cold. You see, it, it, would they miss? It? And the, what we talked about was this: was the, they all took off their NBA logo socks and just chucked oh, them in the yeah. middle of the room. And and at that point you couldn't get those as you know they weren't part of the merchandising range. I'm sure you can now, but I know you can. And we're saying like they're never going to wear them again. <laughs> take those home and give them a nice little wash, and we're gonna we're walking around in shiny white, worn once by a player, NBA socks. We know they are because there's the logo stitched on the side. And we wow. uh, but we bottled it every time. Um, I, I, I don't, I'd love to tell you I have uh, in a sort of like a plastic baggie a pair of soiled <laughs> played in socks that Sam Perkins <laughs> had run around a course a call at some point in Seattle or something like that but tragically no I mean well you couldn't you couldn't take shack socks they're more like a, a pillowcase no it's a, it's a duvet it's not like a, a sleeping bag you just sort of like curl up inside it <laughs> Snuggle it up to your neck, then you know, get a good night's sleep. Yeah. <laughs> um. Oh, cool, man. So, what's, what's what? Okay. What you say? Of all the stuff you've got, what's that? The most, the the, the, the most expensive or the most prized possession? I don't. Would it be the Kobe? Well, definitely that because that's the, the, you know, the, there's only one of those. Is that is what is mm. my Kobe Bryant banner? I'll, I'm going to what I'm going to try and do. Is I'm going to unfurl it 
and and see if I can get me get a picture of it, me holding it for you, and I'll send it to you. Oh so, yeah, mate, that'd be wicked. Yes, because of course there's no point in boasting about something unless you can show people what you're boasting about, is there? <laughs> <laughs> I've also got funny. I've also got a really good Ben Golden bobblehead, which uh, I don't even know where I got that from, but it looks like it might have been official merchandise or something. Um, and I found it in a box the other day. I said, where did I, I picked that up from somewhere quietly and discreetly and brought it away with me. I, <laughs> I, and I, and they, they didn't, they were, annoyingly, they didn't put enough logos on stuff to, for, for, for me to be quite that light-fingered. But no, it's, oh, okay. I, I, think, I think being the proud owner of, of a, a, a giant canvas eulogy to the brilliant Kobe Bryant is, is, is not a bad thing. Mm-hmm. But I would have thought that, like working uh, at courtside and stuff, the NBA would have been giving you that stuff anyway. Or was that not the case? No, no, you don't. You you get obviously you go to the to, to the press room and, and what that I, I, I probably had got around, for example, like the team sheet announcement or okay. you know, all those kind of bits and pieces. I, I, I kept somewhere a lot of paperwork um, mm. because, of course, that you know that press ex, press access stuff is that, but. But no, you didn't get a ton of that. This I've got an NBA Finals baseball cap, which was a media one that's kind of got um, that that goes out of his way to stitch on it why it's exclusive and how lucky I am to have it. It kind of literally okay. says "media gift hat from Salt Lake City" or something. Oh wow! Something is exactly because there were bits and pieces like that. That yeah, that's funny enough. That's funny. I'm, you're a baseball hat guy. See, I'm not a baseball hat guy, um, but okay. I'm a baseball hat guy that keeps them in a box and doesn't let baseball hat guys wear them. That's the kind of, <laughs> that's the kind of All baseball... the reason I'm paying over the price, mate. Yes, yes, mate. But I am quite literally the bloke who's now saying, if I was to put this on eBay, I might just do something for a laugh and then take it off because no one's having my baseball hat. Yeah. Are you more of a sneakers guy? I, I I didn't get into sneakers. Um, it was a comp because do you know what that was the kind of weird thing is that I it's back to that point as I was something of that fish out of water is I didn't look okay. like everybody. You know I I did, okay yeah I, I kind of wasn't <clears throat> at that time in particular and, and weirdly enough American fashion moves very slowly. If you think about it, it was it was it's the giant jeans. Mm. It's the really long t-shirt. It's Timberlands, and it is the latest sneaker on the block. Whereas I was a pair of loafers, sort of like flat-fronted strides, um, you know. And so I just didn't look like those people. And so, but do you know what? And I, I don't mean this in a kind of arrogant way, because basically that's kind of just my look. But I made sure that what... I could have made the sense say, probably the thing to do here is kind of, I'm living here for six months, why don't I wear clothes where I look like everybody else? But then it occurred to me, why don't I just might wear own clothes so I, so I don't look like everybody else because yeah, it will give yeah. me an edge. And yeah, and so yeah. I became, I, I, you know, I made sure I kind of was the fella who looked a, a certain way. I, I sort of became that bloke. So, and, 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 no, de- and deliberately, you know. Yeah, it worked out for you. So Yeah. yeah. Plus also, scared of getting sneaker fetish because you know what happens with those guys you know yeah, I, I mean quite yeah. how much money do I want to spend on something that lives in a cardboard box in a cupboard 
and it, it, the, <laughs> that you can never actually use for the purpose it was made for, which is wearing. So, <laughs> that's that's that's, that, that's it's that, good luck to you if that's your world, but that, I, I I couldn't go down that path. Uh, there are many of us in the NBA UK fans community who, who I think are suffering from that. I, 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 I am spe- I, I'm preaching to the choir here, aren't I? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay, man. Well, before we go, just one last thing. Cool. All right. Uh, it's the uh, starting five, okay? Right. So <clears throat> the power's in your hands. You get to choose your very own starting five. Uh, as I mentioned to you before we came on, doesn't have to be the best five. It can be just a five that means something to you for any reason whatsoever. So, Mark Webster, what is your NBA UK fans, me, myself, and basketball podcast starting five? Right. My starting five is a five that I thought of pretty much immediately and then I was determined not to fiddle with and change because I thought okay. these guys are guys that I've kind of got a sort of, there's a bit of backstory to each. So, mm-hmm. I have. The aforementioned Dennis Rodman, okay, in there, and his colleague and teammate Michael Jordan. They're my, yes. they're kind of my. T- I mean, what, let, let's be honest with you. When you, presumably, every starting five you've asked saying actually it's starting four because everyone puts Jordan in. So who are the other four guys? I don't well, know. You say that, um, but I actually I didn't put him in in my one. You're a sick man, Caton. I know. <laughs> What's wrong with I you? Know. Not, not Canadian enough for the likes of you, is he? I, I see. Exactly. Mate, if he had come to come to Toronto for a season, he'd be straight in there. Another story entirely, wouldn't it? I realise that. So, so Robin and Jordan. Okay. Um, I'm going to have myself a good old-fashioned point guard and a guy that um, I've become pretty friendly with and he's got family who lives up in Enfield and uh, finally, I think he's born in South Africa but raised in Canada. And it's Steve Nash, of course, who is now... Coach uh, of the Nets, um, but hmm? but didn't you know he 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 wasn't sort of like a trophy winner as a player, but what a player and uh, and just a lovely fella, and I'm I'll go to the I'll go to my centre here because I, I picked him because I want someone from the current game, but also someone to get on with uh, the other guys. So Joel Embiid is in there. Um, oh okay. Um, because. I really like him as a player, and I really liked the Sixers for a while there, although they kind of, um, the wheels come off, didn't they? <laughs> uh, yeah, at the back end of the good. season, exactly, yes. Yeah. But but as much as anything else, he's a, he's one, he represents the international face of the NBA so well. Sure. And him and Steve Nash could play head tennis with a football for hours between them, because <laughs> they're both absolute football nuts, aren't they? And yeah, uh, yes. and and so I, it's one of those situations going. I'd have something mutual to talk about with these guys. I think I think Joe even turned up. And Steve Nash has his uh, charity tournament in New York every year, and I think Joel Embiid has turned up for that, which is his kind of football game. Like Thierry Henry's been there and everything like that. Yeah. He, oh yeah. Okay. He actually t- sports Tottenham though, but I'll, I'm going to let that slide. And, and, my, and my last man, basically my man, my outside shooter who, who's pinging away from the corner, is Ray Allen. Uh, yeah, see, I had him as well. Oh, did you pick Ray? Great. Because, and I think the two reasons, or, or the couple of reasons, number because he was in, I love that Boston team that won the title. I love the, okay. the, the, I love that kind of band of brothers that, that Doc Rivers created there. You know, it's, it's absolutely magnificent seven seven samurai kind of mm-hmm. group of 
individuals brought together to become one great team. Um, yes. And of course, he's uh, Jesus Shuttlesworth as well. So, you know, he has to get in for that. That's why I put him on my team. <laughs> exactly. The movie is amazing. Yeah. And did, did, there was one year he played with that on his on his jersey, didn't he? I think there was I think there was a, a round of games where they all played with their nicknames. And he had, oh, yeah. and he had Shuttlesworth on his jersey, which is like, that's as cool as life gets. But also, as my, <laughs> but also because he was one of the, I interviewed him a couple of times. And it's one of the, I think it's probably the greatest, the, the, my favourite story from all of it, funnily enough, is that he lived in Sheffield for a while because his dad was in, I think, the Air Force. And so he lived on base um, over here as a kid. And he said to me, the thing that I couldn't understand is that every morning you got up and, and someone had left some milk on the doorstep. <laughs> Because he didn't know what a milkman was. <laughs> he couldn't get his head around the idea that someone would turn up and leave something outside your door and it would still be there when you when you open the door and look at it in the morning. And so, and, and, so and that was his treasured memory for his time living in England. So that, that's my five. I think, do you know what? I think that's the five that could actually work together on the floor. That's a very good five, man. So I'm, ha yeah. I'm, I'm happy, I, I think I'm happy with that. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah, it's good thing you didn't tinker with it. That's a nice, that's a nice five: Nash, Jordan, Ray Allen, Rodman, and Joel Embiid. Yeah, man, that's that's a, that's, that's a nice five. And I'm gonna, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna give you a six, man, because I, I oh yeah, just because Lord then deserves a mention in dispatches. And, yeah, and, sure. you know, and he, you know, he could start in in many a team, but just as the as the fella that probably, I mean, John Amici obviously before him as a. As a job, top of my head as an example, you know that, that we have. There are other examples, but I think I just think that what Luol did in terms of um, sort of bringing yeah. Britain to the NBA, but also exactly. then coming back home, obviously back to the Sudan as well, but back home to Brixton and and kind of mm -hmm. sharing it around is just really impressive. Yeah. So, so honourable mention in dispatches for Luol. Yeah, good, nice mention there, mate. Nice mention. Um, Mate, this this has been a great chat, man. I feel I feel like we need to get you on again because I feel like there's so many so many stories that you could share with us, but there's not enough time for it at the moment. Oh, listen, that's, um, I, I, and I'd be interested to find out if there's stories that I am that I feel comfortable sharing with you. <laughs> <laughs> I suppose you can ask, you can ask the question. I might answer. You never know your luck. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, stories that doesn't result in a lawsuit. No, I, 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 <laughs> at the moment we have we have we have you know touched around petty theft and and, <laughs> and, and, and customs uh, uh, irregularity. So uh, yeah, so I pretty much stuck my own hole already, haven't I? Yeah. <laughs> um, well, thank you very much for coming on, man. Um, if people want to find you and follow you, uh, where can they do so? Right, right. I am at at it's Mark Webster on Twitter. Um, and I could be found now, if should you need me, um, on TalkSport. Um, I'm now the, I'm the co-host of a show called Johnny Owen and Friends, which is on. We'll, we'll be back in a few weeks' time, uh, start of August on Sunday mornings. And I also, you don't care anymore, but I also work on the EFL show uh, on TalkSport Two, oh, okay. which goes out yeah. on Friday night. Do you remember the EFL? Um, night is what Brent, um, Brentford used to be in. Very, very exactly. Sort of, sort of. It's a blur. It's a distant memory for you, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> so, yes, yeah, so, um, so I'm knocking around talk sport like you need me, yeah. Oh, wicked, man. Cool. Well, uh, yeah, it's been a pleasure. Thank you again, man. Uh, so, it can be many people listening to this. Like, it's going to like a massive hit of nostalgia, <laughs> you know. 
Got back to the high school, college days and stuff. Um, thank you so much, man. Right, it's the golden it's years. <laughs> oh, mate, you know what? You're, you're a legend. Honestly, <laughs> seriously, th- th- thank you. Uh, and not, not just as a friend, but as, as a basketball geek, thank you. My you, pleasure. Usher that, that generation of basketball to us, so thank you. You are too kind. Guys, check out Mark on all his platforms and uh, on the radio as well. Thank you for listening. And this, of course, has been an NBA UK fans production. You know, by the fans, for the fans. If you know people who are into basketball, point this in, in, the, in, in their direction. You know, get more people listening. It'll be the more the merrier. We'll be back next time with another guest. Until then, take care. Stay safe. See you later.